you know, I was one of the few people that had gift card experience in Canada. And so that led essentially over time as we grew the business into um, an opportunity to run preferred one. And, and simply because more than anything, I mean, even though you become the president of a company, I mean, yes, you, especially in a startup, you're, you're, you have to kind of think of it this way, that as a president of a company that's a startup, you're still like the top sales guy. That's, 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 yes. that, that's your job. Like, don't yeah. think that maybe for, for some leaders or aspiring leaders who are listening, I mean, don't, don't think that you become the president of a startup and then you just point, point, <laughs> you do this, you do that, and you just, uh, you know, look at the numbers. And yeah. no, the, the reality is that one way or another, you, you have to be the top sales, the top sales person. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. I've got an amazing entrepreneur, many businesses, many you know, unique opportunities, jumped through different opportunities over the last 20 years since uh, leaving Student Works uh, Management Program. He's got, a, he's got a podcast, runs a leadership uh, event uh, company, and we just dig into lots of, lots of different, different things, lots of different learning here for you, and I, I really enjoy it, and I'm sure you will as well. Uh, and uh, you, you know what we're up to? We're we're up to finding young Doug Garcias, uh, you know, and uh, looking for young leaders. So if you know anyone, please send them along. You're you're welcome to share this podcast or the podcast collection that we have. You're welcome to send them to studentworks.com and and look at working with us um, maybe as a leader during the summer. Uh, to determine whether it's something they'd like to do in the summer of 2023. Or you could shoot me an email at cthompson at studentworks.com with any suggestions for the show or any referrals. Thanks so much. Have yourself a fantastic day. Doug, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow. Really, really happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much, Chris, for having me. I'm super excited to be doing this. Yeah, no, it's 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 awesome. And I know, why don't we take you back? Uh, you know, Doug was a, a top performer in our program uh, a number of years ago. Looking back before Student Works, who was Doug Garcia? What what were you concerned with, or what were you stressed by? What were you bothered by, etc.? You know, looking back before even before I entered the Student Works painting program. I really was really looking to, you know, build something. I've always been curious. I've always been an entrepreneur in a certain way. I mean, even when I was 12 years old, I remember I started a parking lot cleanup business. You know, I was 12 years old and I was going around uh, cleaning plazas, just knocking on the doors and saying, hey, you know, uh, would you like me to clean your parking lot? And they would some most people would say yes. I think it was. Yeah. Just a matter of trying to convince them that, you know, at 12 years old, I'd be responsible enough to show up to do it and so on right. and so forth. But so I've always had this entrepreneurial, I guess you can say, um, streak that made me want to kind of explore different businesses, different ideas. So when I came across Student Works Painting, 
I thought it was, this is great. I mean, you know, having had a business before when I was younger, I know that the difficulties that, that, um, that arise when you're looking to start a business, when you're looking to, you know, market a business, when you're looking to, you know, even get sales, get, how do yeah. you get sales in the door? I mean, the only way I knew how really was just knocking on doors and, that takes, you know, at, you know, before 12, 13, 14 years old, that takes a bit of, you know, grit to go, uh, yes. you know, <laughs> to go knocking on doors and say, Hey, what so no, I, I think that was, um, that's kind of where I was at when I, when I came across student works painting. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm thinking back from, you know, you, you worked in Montreal, you went to Concordia University, thinking back on those experiences you had with Student Works, what do you still rely on, on your, you know, in your entrepreneurial career? You know, in, one of the number one thing that I think, you know, and, and you can say that I learned it, or you can say that it's reinforced it. It's really the, the power of knocking on doors. And, and even to this day, that's something that it's, that sticks with me because knocking on doors and, and, and now it's, you know, we can talk about, you know, how we do that now yes. versus just actually physically knocking on doors. But the, the, the real reason is just that you got to stick with it. You got to knock on doors somehow. You got to let people know what you're doing. You got to let people, uh, you know, know your message because someone needs to hear it. Mm -hmm. Somebody can benefit from what you're doing, right? And, and, and I think that's so important that that's, I think, the biggest lesson. I mean, other things as well that I can remember, that it's basically having, you know, like um, a standard operating procedure, like, you yes. know, SOPs. You got to have everything because especially as you're starting to to build a business, you're starting to scale a business, you know, you realize you can't do everything. You're not yes. good at everything. You're not good. You're not going to be the, in, in, you know, you, you can testify to this, the most successful operators in student works. They're not the ones who are doing the painting and the cold calling and doing everything, all the yes. by themselves. Right. Yeah. They're the ones who are able to delegate. Um, you know, bring in people, delegate some of the work to them, have managers, have et cetera, et cetera. So I think from that standpoint, I mean, those are the, the big lessons. You got to have, you know, standard operating proce procedures, which are like the game plans. You got to have a plan, right? right. You, you can't go uh, to, you know, into the fourth quarter, you know, and, and kind of figure what's our plan. No, you got to yeah. have a plan, right? Yeah. And, and, and the tenacity, the, like never give up, never give up, keep knocking on doors. Yeah. Well, I love that. Actually, why don't we do that? Actually, is, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, you're 20 years out and you still recognize how important it is just to be reaching out to customers, you know, and and again, quote unquote, knocking on doors. I know you're a B2B and there's more ways that you knock knock on the doors of customers, quote unquote. There's ways that you reach out. Why don't we talk about some of those things? Because because, you know, and, and it's one of the things that I tell people, Doug, is even if I could deliver great quality leads to all of our operators so they'd never have to knock on doors, I'd have them start knocking on doors. Meaning you've got to learn how to have a conversation yeah. with someone. You've got to learn how to pick it up and drop it off and, and just, just be able to and, and, and drop that fear of people. So tell us about how, how you're still knocking on doors in your business and your, your experience. Yeah. So, you know, because because of the way, um, you know, I guess you can kind of say it's been an evolution in, in terms of B2B, right? Yes. I mean, I, I worked in um, in a career at a career company for, for some time. 
Uh, and I even started a courier company as well, not, not too long after Student Works Painting. And the way we used to knock on doors then was in a lot of cases, we'd, we'd show up to, you know, to the facility and like literally knock on a door. Yes. Which, which is, you know, it's very difficult for, for people to do that. And, and I think that has to do more with, um, you know, psychological issues, right? Like the way you perceive, perceive yourself, the way you think about yourself, the way you think that people are going to react to you, to your message. And, and sometimes you've defeated yourself before even starting, right? 100%. Which, which is, which is a very interesting thing, right? Mm-hmm. No, they, you know, people will not, they won't like it. They'll make fun of me. They'll laugh at me. They'll close yes. the door on me. And, and so, you know, I've taken that and apply it even to now because so fast forward many years later, we're not knocking on doors anymore. And certainly the pandemic has had, you know, more yeah. to do with that as well. Because right now, even if, even if you were knocking on the door, no one's going to no open it. No one's there. No one's there. No exactly. one's there. And if, if anybody's there, no one's going to open it. Yeah. Right? Because it's just so many different things uh, that, that, that go with the pandemic. But so now what we've had to do is, okay, so now we're recording videos. We're putting out videos in social media because you can, you can create posts, for example, on LinkedIn. And the posts on LinkedIn, they tend to, they do get some attraction, but not as much as video. And, and it's the same thing on, on Facebook and Instagram. I mean, yeah. you got to have some sort of uh, video. And, and and speaking with a lot of other, um, you know, with, with some salespeople, it's the same issue that I saw, you know, 20 years ago, knocking on doors, right? Right. Now, you know, salespeople don't want to record videos. When they see the little red light go off, it's like they, they get freeze. Frightened. Yes. It, it gets frightened. It's the same thing as knocking, like li- literally knocking on doors. Is that exactly the same issue? It's the same fears. It's the same like everything, it's all related. That self-consciousness, what will they say? I don't like my voice. I don't like the way I look. Yeah. You know, it's all these things that that impact the way you're able to uh, connect with your customers and share your message with your customers is the same thing. Um, but this is one of those ways. And how do you get better at knocking on doors? By, by doing it. Yeah. Right. So the way you get better at making videos, the way you make you get better at making content that that is, uh, you know, uh, appropriate for your audience is you got to do it. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to look at the camera. You got to, you know, pretend like you're speaking to someone. You got to. Hey, how are you today? That's wonderful. That's great. You got you have to do you have to practice. You have to do it. And that's the only way you're going to to get better. I mean, it's it, it, it's just really it's a mindset. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the things that, that um, you know, that, that uh, we spoke about. We did a, a leadership summit. We did a leadership summit. Was it in July of 2021? And that was one of the things that came up with uh, with some of the uh, the guests that we had uh, on the virtual summit. That it was a, it's a mindset. You yeah. gotta change. You gotta change your mindset, right? Instead of you know, send, because sending you know email text emails. Uh, that's that's easier. You're more comfortable with that, right? That right. no one can see you. You're hiding behind your keyboard. If they say who is this guy or this person or this or, or, or you know, you you you're not gonna feel it personally. Yes. But but you sending yourself your in all your glory and all your beauty, <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah. just it, it's it's frightening for for a lot of people. And and I, and I can understand that. I mean, it's you gotta do you you have to do 
you know, not the, the, what I call knocking on doors, whether it's on video, whether it's on, you know, LinkedIn, on messaging, it, it's just a matter of practice. Yeah. Well, I just so love that. It's just getting over ourselves, right? Like just yeah. getting over ourselves. And, and I think, you know, one of the things to identify is we are the hardest person, person typically who looks at ourselves, ah, oh, I don't like this, or, you know, for me, oh, I'm bald or all these different things that we see flaws where otherwise people are just, oh, this is Chris. Oh, this is Doug. Right. And it's just like, yeah. we just need to get over ourselves get into action, practice, practice, practice. And the fear goes away. I used to be, I would, you know, again, and, and again, for our, for our leaders, this would have totally frightened me at, you know, 20. Right. And now I do it at not, not with no fear at all. And that's because the reps, the reps, the reps, and there's courses to take. You can take public speaking courses. You can take other courses, but the biggest thing, as you said, is throw a video on practice, throw a video on practice. And then, and then send it out into the world. And it's, it's amazing what our, what our leaders are creating in our business, Doug, and just getting incredible, incredible success through that, you know, so often. Yeah. No, exactly. And that's, that's what I think, you know, once you start actually creating some content, uh, because one of the things that I find, and this is, uh, this applies, I think, to B2B. Uh, just as well as to any other type of uh, business is that we as humans, we love to consume content. Mm-hmm. We like reading news. We like yeah. reading articles. We like watching videos. We like Instagram. We like Facebook. We like LinkedIn. We scroll and scroll. Why? Because we're consuming content, right? And so if you think about it, that's something that we didn't have, you know, when when I was part of the, the student works program. But but now realizing that we have this opportunity, uh, especially in, in places like LinkedIn, for example, for B2B, that where LinkedIn, it's still not where it, it wants to be. It wants to be more of a content platform, not just yeah. where you go to apply for a job. Yes. Um, and so that's that's why there's been a big push within LinkedIn to, to promote those who are creating uh, content. Um, and so... If you think about it, that's that's a great tool to use, and it's free. What mm-hmm. what the only barrier is is you recording videos, right? Like you making content. Absolutely. Um, so that's the biggest challenge, and in, in a lot of cases, what's stopping you is you. It's it's nothing else, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So here, one of the things we always love to do is just walk walk you know our leaders, you know these successful people, you, you know through their career path. So you mentioned you know you you had some sales jobs out of out of school. You were a top rep at Canpar, and then you found really the first big thing that you did, or at least by by my sense is you know director of corporate sales and then president of preferred one. Maybe you can tell our leaders what how you got that role you know, what that role ended up turning into, et cetera. Yeah. So, I mean, so what I, what happened was um, at that time, gift cards were an innovation at that time. I mean, we're all familiar with gift cards, right? Right. Um, and especially, you know, uh, as we record this now, we're, we're coming into the holiday season, which gift cards are a, a big thing, big yes, thing. Exactly. But before, when I started at, at Preferred One, uh, 2005, gift cards had started coming into the main, into the mainstream. That is that they were replacing gift certificates. 
And I had worked at a place called Verizon, which is now called a data uh, data group, I believe it's called. And that's where I learned about uh, gift card products, they, which were replacing gift certificates. Gift certificates were paper-based, right? And so there was an opportunity where some, um, you know, this company preferred one had just started. They were looking to use gift cards for employee reward programs and, and maybe sell them, you know, B2B. Right. Uh, my experience was with B2B. And, you know, I was one of the few people that had gift card experience in Canada. Uh-huh. And, and so, you know, that led essentially over time as we grew the business uh, into um, an opportunity to run preferred one. Uh, and, and simply because more than anything, I mean, even though you become the president of a company, I mean, yes, you, especially in a startup, you're, you're, you have to kind of think of it this way, that as a president of a company that's a startup, you're still like the top sales guy. That's, 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 yes. that, that's your job. Like, don't yeah. think that, you know, maybe for, for some leaders or aspiring leaders who are listening, I mean, don't, don't think that you become the president of a startup and then you just point, point, <laughs> you do this, you do that, and you just, uh, you know, look at the numbers. And yeah. no, the, the reality is that one way or another, you, you have to be the top sales the top salesperson. Yeah. You have to lead by example. If you're not selling directly, then you're creating content. You've got to help the team to move the needle. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was really the, the opportunity within Preferred One. As I became the president, we started growing the, the program. We Some of our clients you know, that we landed were McDonald's, uh, Tim Hortons, uh, Xerox, Magna, International. So, you know, intact insurance. So right. we had some, we got, so we landed some really major accounts. That was awesome. It was an awesome opportunity. But again, it was based on knocking on doors, right? Yeah. One way or another, we had to knock on doors. And and that's really what what uh, what has led to, to, that's what led to that opportunity. Because I think one of the, the best ways to kind of solve any company issues is really just, Drive more sales. Drive more sales. Yes, <laughs> you, you, you can cut. You can cut all you want in expenses and this and that. But the reality is, if you have more sales, you'll have other problems for sure. You'll have growing pains and and that kind of thing. But those type of problems are are they're in a way easier to handle sometimes. Um, yeah. Versus, well, yeah, exactly. So for, for me, uh, driving sales has been the answer to a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, and it's why it's why, you know, people who can drive sales are the hot, most highly paid people in our economy and their titles are not sales, sales rep, they're president, <laughs> they're, they're yeah. VP biz dev and etc. Yeah. you know, so, so, or CEO, you know, the, the, you know, and they're driving the sales of the organization, like you said, moving the needle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and so what were you looking for next after preferred one? So essentially, I mean, what we started was, um, it was a company that we started was called uh, Samba Rewards uh, International. And what we did is actually we, we started, um, if you, I don't know if you're familiar with gift card malls or not, uh, but gift card malls are, are essentially, call them racks, racks okay. of gift cards at, you know, Shoppers Drug. Oh, yes, absolutely. At, yeah. So we, we, in partnership with another company, we started a, a gift card mall at Canada Post. 
So there's uh, there was a company that we we partnered with. They already had a relationship with Canada Post, and we were able to basically build the technology to activate the gift cards on demand. Right. right? So we had gift cards uh, being sold uh, at Canada Post, including you know Cineplex, Best Buy, The yes. Bay iTunes and so on and so forth. So we we built the technology that would activate those particular cards uh, at Canada Post. Um, so we did that, and eventually, um, in 2016, I believe it was, we we exited some of rewards. We sold that. We sold our business to uh, to our partner, and and that was a that was a successful exit for us. A good a good a good a good situation. And was that just a a financial, the financial, you know, opportunity. Things were going reasonably well. They wanted, they wanted what you you had, or uh, yeah. you wanted to do something differently, or what? What? what yeah. So that? essentially, I mean, at that time, it was just the. I, I think for for me personally, sometimes um, if you're not able to scale the business to a certain level, then you have to kind of decide what you want to do. Right? Can mm-hmm. this grow any bigger? The Canadian market is is. Um, it's we're a big country geographically, but you know, in, in certain markets, it, it's very small. Yes, right. So for us, I think it was more of you know there was an opportunity that they were interested in buying the you know the business that we had built. Uh, it would make sense for them because then it becomes a vertical vertical um, alignment for their business, and so it, it would allow me to go on and do something else. Great, great, and and you'd seen the big part of the growth go and it's like okay what's next and take and take that cash off the table yeah so so once we did that that's when i we you know uh, i co- i co-founded rivetly um and rivetly basically what it is is it's an employee engagement uh, platform right so we provide um we provide service awards peer to peer programs you know social recognition programs and and we want to change the way the employees are recognized, right? The way people recognize each other at work. That's what we want to do. Rivetly is, you know, my vehicle to to do that, to help facilitate that change in the world, Uh, make the world a better place by recognizing people, um, you know, at at the work that they do. Right. And so how's, so you started that in November of 2016. How is that, what sort of progress have you made, Doug, in that business? So you know one of the things that 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 you know we have um, as you start building a business you come across different things right and some of them is building technology building technology can be very good it can be very challenging mm-hmm. uh, it can also destroy your business mm-hmm. uh, and also and this is I must say this has been one of the more challenging uh, projects that I've worked on simply because the normally I, I'm kind of used to working on my own in terms of the way you, you control things. Right. Uh, but working with a partner, working with, you know, not working with an offshore dev team, there's been, there was, there's just so many different moving parts and that, you know, you kind of have to take a step back and say, okay, how are we going to literally move the needle? Right. Right. Because that's really what I'm about. <laughs> it's about moving the needle. Right. <laughs> and, and so right now we're, we're, we've built the 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 um, you know call it the V1 of the platform. Now we're we're we've started doing our our, our marketing. Uh, we've started to create videos. We started a podcast uh, which is called Everyday Leadership Secrets Podcast. Right. Um, 
And, and, and what we talk about is basically creating engagement, creating employee engagement um, um, through leadership, right? Because leadership, because employee engagement is a leadership issue. Yes. Right. Uh, you, as, as a leader, this is what you're also responsible for. It, your people, taking care of your people, making sure that, you know, that, that you listen to them, that you help them, you know, remove any obstacles, remove, uh, you know, help them to, um, foster their, their, their need to grow professionally as well. Um, and when you're dealing with people also, you also come across issues that are human issues, people who have issues with, you know, difficulties at home, difficulties with their, in their, in their marriage. And you can say these, all those are personal issues, but you know, guess what? They always, they, you, they always follow you to work. Yeah. It's, it's not as simple as saying, leave your personal stuff at home, come and do the job because that's, that's not the way we work as humans, right? That's, yeah. that's not the way we work. And so with Rivetly, we've started to do the marketing. We, we, we have a few clients now. And now it's just a matter of, you know, trying to move the needle. And this is where all the, you know, B2B lessons come into play, right? Keep on knocking on doors, keep on marketing, because that's really what's going to help vividly grow. Right. And so how how impactful have you found the the podcast, Everyday Leadership Secrets? And I I must say, that's actually what scrolled across my... uh, my um my my LinkedIn feed and I went oh hey hold on Doug's doing something great he's doing something new so I've listened and I love I love the lessons but how have you found that impacting the business you know you know what um so we started the podcast I believe it was in August mid August or something like that and so far we've I've gotten a lot of positive feedback but I think for me is really about tying it all together right that. You, you know, we're saying that Rivoli wants to change the way the way the world works from a recognition standpoint, the way right. employees, the way people recognize each other. But it's not as easy as just implementing a technology tool. Yes. Right. You can have all the tools, but if, you know, leaders don't use them, they don't promote them, they don't care about them. It's going to be hard to improve the work lives of, of people. And so. What what the way I'm kind of using the podcast is to say, you know, this is what we want to do. We want to improve the work lives of, of employees. Here are some, you know, best practices that we have found. You can listen to them uh, uh, through through the podcast. Right. Um, certainly, we always mention Rivoli.com uh, throughout the, the, the podcast uh, as a reference back to, you know, where this is coming from. Um, there's nothing wrong with creating white papers or creating, you know, uh, blog posts on that as well. But I think just the podcast is a little bit easier to consume uh, for people, especially, you know, leaders, VPs of you know, of sales, VP of a, you know, human resources, chief people, uh, officers. It's a little bit easier to consume, you know, while you're going for a jog, while you're going, yeah. you know, where you're on a you know, on, on errands versus, you know, you don't have time to read a, a 10 page document uh, that may be interesting. We all have, you know, X amount of time available for us to dedicate to personal development and, and, and professional development, but we, it's not an unlimited amount of time. So uh, I think that was really the, the big impetus for, for us was just to create a message that is consumable in a, in a very, you know, concise uh, uh, format, right? Because all the episodes are about 10 minutes plus or minus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and the other piece is that, you know, and I, you, I know you brought it up was this uh, 
summit that you held um, is, is that bringing together um, other senior leaders in the industry, you know, VPs, CEOs, senior lawyers talking about this space. And so one of the things that happens when we become the center of this is, is people perceive us as an expert, which of course you are. And that's what you, what, what, what all this does is, is, and, and you're putting out your knowledge. So, so that people are saying, okay, Doug's an expert in this space. I'm sure that's a big part of this. No, it, it is. And so, you know, when every time, you know, one of the things uh, that I've noticed is that every time I've started a business, you know, I'm kind of relying on, on the, the network that I have uh, to help me build the business, which is fine. But, you know, if you want to scale, you got to go beyond your own network. Yes. And so while well, with, with the people that are in my network, there there is that uh, familiarity, there's that recognition, you know, if you want to sell to more companies, more people, you need to kind of broaden that recognition. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons why, you know, we did the virtual summit and we're probably going to do another one because it, it, it is a lot of work to do, yeah. but it is so worth it. Um, just from, from a recognition standpoint uh, that you're able to bring in experts in, in various fields. That gives you a lot of recognition as an as an expert, uh, and it also makes the sales cycle a little bit easier, right? Because you clearly, you know, people whether even people have uh, listened to your virtual summit or watched the virtual summit or not, uh, or they've listened to your podcast or not, the fact that you you have all these things under you gives you credibility in the sense that you you you're doing this already, right? We know about this, right? Um, which is which is uh, which goes a long way when it comes to the the selling cycle, right? So one hundred percent, yeah. And, and Doug, so so we've got a whole bunch of leaders. A bunch of these leaders are not just entrepreneurs, uh, although that's okay as long as they're starting to get in action. And they're entrepreneurs, so they actually have team members. So what what tools? you know, or what, what ways of being, what thought processes would you suggest to, again, retain the best people to have them be motivated, you know, as a leader, you know, these, these, you know, key leadership practices. Yeah. So from, from a leadership perspective, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you kind of have to know yourself. One of the things that I remember when I spoke to uh, Dr. Vince Molinero, uh, who's um, he has a company called the Leadership Contract. One of the things that he said to me was, you know what, y you have to understand that not everybody is meant to be a leader. And so you you have to know yourself in this in the sense that maybe, you know, if this is not what you want to do, this is not what you're comfortable. Right. Um, then then that's OK you know, start there. But after that, now we get into the different types of mindsets, right? Like you got to have a leadership mindset. Well, what does that mean? It means that everything starts with you. Everything ends with you. Right. Right. We, we can't go blaming other people. Right. Yes. Um, so you have to take action. You, you want to be successful. There's a lot of material out there. You can read it, digest it. And that's great. But you've got to take action. Yeah. Imperfect action is better than no action. Yes. Right. So uh, and and I think those are the biggest things for me is, is action. Yeah. Um, there, there isn't uh, of all the different 
you know, leadership characteristics, uh, there is very few of them that that actually have an impact on on your actual um, success as a leader. And the biggest one is taking action. Yeah. There are other different things. You can talk about empathy. You can talk about, you know, you know, listening and, and, and so on and so forth. And th- those are good to fine tune your leadership style. But if you don't take action, you're just, you've already defeated yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so so true. And 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 our leaders here hear a lot about action. Um, I was on a podcast recently. Um, uh, someone reached out to me uh, about about getting me on and, and about trust and how important in an organization trust yeah. is. How do you see how do you see trust as a leadership trait? Well, see, trust is again there there, there are other leadership characteristics, right? But trust is one of them. And with without trust. You 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 you're not going to be leading anybody, right? Because nobody will trust you. Nobody will be comfortable to come to you with issues. And this is something that you know we've seen it. You know when companies or employer uh, managers leaders say, "Yeah, you know I have an open door policy. Yeah, come, no problem, come." And they come, and you know employees come, and they're like, "Well, you know this happened." And, oh yeah, well it's all your fault, anyways, and it just completely backfires, right? And then right. that just completely violates the trust because you're inviting the trust, right? Uh, and one one thing that I have found when it comes to trust, because uh, it's often said that with trust, you know, trust is earned, which is which is is true, but as a leader, I find that it's better that you give your trust right from the get-go yeah. and if someone breaks you know your your trust and that that's something else but i think the best way to build trust is give you know especially with new team members uh just give your trust to them assume that they will you know do it and that goes a long way to build trust a lot faster versus you know your your team members having to prove themselves to you that they're worth trust you know they're worth trusting yeah. So I, I think that that's one one thing that I've seen is that it's better that you give your trust to them, uh, assume that they're going to do whatever you know they're supposed to be doing. I think especially now when there's a lot of companies, a lot of have gone remote or hybrid. Yes. Because this is it's a funny thing with this because a lot of companies have outperformed during the pandemic. Right. So they, they're hitting new records. You can see that, you know, the S&P 500 is complete. You know, it's red hot, you know, for the last uh, year and a half, two years, it's been just record after record. And one of the things is that some companies have decided to use uh, tra- employee tracking software. Right. Right. To see some of it, some of them take a picture of you every every 12 seconds or every 30 seconds. They track your keystrokes. They track, you know, what the website. So, I mean, think about it for a moment. If we're saying like, no, we want to build a a culture, a positive culture at work. We want to build a a positive culture of, of recognition, of engagement. That doesn't foster trust, does it? Yeah. Like, because you're saying that, no, you know what? Be- between these hours, you have to be there. And we're going to be taking pictures of you. We're going to tracking your activity, your keystrokes, and so on and so forth. And, and it, it sounds like, wow, <laughs> what kind of companies would do that? Yes. But those companies who have built that type of software, they have seen record sales as well. So it tells you that a lot of companies, a lot of employers are doing that. And from a trust perspective, that's not building trust. 
right? Yeah. You're, you're building the same old, same old status quo, you know, us versus them attitude. And, and that's, that's not the way anybody should lead. And I yeah. don't think anybody wants to be led by, by a company like that yeah. as, or a leader like that. Yeah. Cause I think we all have a choice as leaders. Do we choose trusting or do we choose not trusting as the first exactly. step, right? It's the first kind of uh, step. And, and, and again, to choose not trusting means that it, the likely scenario is they're not going to trust you, right? That's the likely scenario that you're, you're setting up, you know, you know, you know, in the, so, so by choosing trust, they're much more likely to, to, to trust you. They're much more likely to play along. And of course, some people won't. So we've got to obviously mm-hmm limit that trust to make sure that, you know, again, not, there's, there's limits of trust. They don't have your bank account pin numbers. They don't, you yeah. know, so, so, sure, but, yeah. but, but there's, you know, trust and verify, trust and coach, trust and manage. And again, like you said, going too far, um, um, that certainly seems too far to me as well, you know, around, around generating a really positive culture, you know, that, that people really good people would want to stay in. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't know anybody that, you know, as a top performer would be comfortable uh, working at an environment like that. And especially now, you know, in in places like the United States where you're seeing the great resignation, we're attracting top talent. I mean, top talent has always been in short supply anyways. Now, that's just the best way to get ahead is just quit your job. And if you're a top performer, you're going to land somewhere and probably going to make more money. That's just the way it is right now. Mm -hmm. So the more you try to bring people into the office, because that's the way you used to manage, you know, manage by walking around to make sure people are doing work, make sure people are there, they're present. That's an old style management. Uh, We can see that top performers generally don't want to be working in those environments. Yeah. And so, so when you think about yourself and your development, you know, after graduating from Concordia and looking over these 20 years, what did you need to change about yourself to have the type of career success or career trajectory you've had, Doug? So one of the things that has, ha, has helped me um, to grow uh, in a professional sense, uh, it's really been, you know, be open-minded. Uh, and open-minded in the sense that I didn't know necessarily what I wanted to do. It would have been easier for me to just, uh, you know, kind of chase a vice president role somewhere and, you know, just do that, just be working in the, in, in, in the corporate world, which is, it, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Lots of people work in, in, in roles like that. They make a lot of money at it. They yeah. make a good living. Nothing wrong with that. But just for me, I, I knew that that wasn't going to be enough. And, but it, it, I've had to be open-minded as to where will my career take me? So there's this sense of insecurity as an entrepreneur that you, that you have that, you know, it's, it's as an entrepreneur, uh, while everybody's thinking of going to, you know, the, the, to, to the beach and relaxing as entrepreneur, especially when you're scaling a business, you got to think about payroll. You got to yeah. think about, you know, all the different aspects of running the business that, you know, as an employee, it's, it's not your problem, right? Yeah. As an employee, it's like, I put in my, my time, uh, I expect pay and that's what it is. So as an entrepreneur, for, for me, it's, one of the things I've had to overcome is certainly insecurities of, of, of dealing with 
you know, not knowing what tomorrow will bring, right? You can plan right. ahead, you can do all kinds of things, but you know, when things like COVID hit, things get paralyzed, and then now what do you do? Yeah. Right? Um, so I, I think uh, just dealing from from an insecurity standpoint, you know, having kind of to be able to deal with with those uh, type of issues as they arise has helped me to grow a lot because as you, you know, it's one of those things that challenges, they bring out your character, they bring out, you know, the good and the bad, but you're able to kind of forge a bit, you know, you're a bit more battle tested. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the things that as an entrepreneur, as, as a leader, you need to be able to, you know, to be able to have answers in a certain way, because, you know, during the pandemic, when things were closing down and locking yeah. down, you know, employees would just look at their their leader like, what do we do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, what do we do? <laughs> right. It, it wasn't like so. And, and, and that was one of the things, too, that, that came out in the summit as well. And one of the discussions we had was that as leaders, you know, everybody expects, you know, you to take care of them in, in a way, not in a paternalistic sense. But, right. you know, you know, will, will I have a job? Will I yes. where, where will I work? Where, yeah. So they, they look at you for that. And so, but as a leader, you know, you also have to be able to deal with these things. And it's not easy because we can all be leaders in good times. Yeah. But when things go completely, you know, when you're having sideways. to work at sideways, yeah. when you're having to work at your basement, when you're having, you know, you know, Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting, you know, who's taking care of you, right? Yeah, for and sure. So, so this is something that... You know, not everybody has experience. Everybody can say, you know, that, you know, lots of people, I guess you can say, uh, can say that they've experienced some difficulties. But, you know, imagine dealing with difficulties and then having to have, you know, other responsibilities as a leader, as an entrepreneur to to scale up your business. That's it. It, it can be very uh, it can be very challenging. Yeah, it's sort of next level. And, and it, it, again, you know, so Doug's seen it all, you know, growing to be a president of a business, growing his own business, exiting, selling. Oh, wow. Great. And then again, you know, having a, his startup hit with technology challenges and then a pandemic while he's starting up. Right. So it's 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 an entrepreneur needs to, you know, save for a rainy day, be prepared, you know, uh, you know, yeah. you know, be cautious and take risks. You know, so, so, and as well, by the sounds of it as well as, as you, like I, you know, feel like, hold on, I made the right decision, meaning, and not just because quote unquote, you know, the money in the bank, but because liking what you do and liking the challenge of it and dealing with the, the challenges. Yeah. And, and, and I think this is the, the, the way kind of you to deal with uh, your insecurities and the challenges. It's really another leadership trait is actually adaptability, right? right. To be able to adapt. Um, and, and it's, and it's not, and it's not, um, something that, like I said, in good times, you don't have to adapt too much. You kind of, right. you know, you can, you can easily become more of a manager versus a leader, right? A manager, you're, you're doing the day-to-day -day stuff the way you've always done it. That's, that's fine. That's a manager, right? Yeah. A leader, you kind of have to do the things that, uh, that you don't necessarily do because, Otherwise, why would you need a leader? You can just put a manager who looks after, you know, 10 people, yeah. right? This is the, the way things are done. Just do them. Yeah. As a leader, when things happen, you know, you have to become adaptable to the various situations. 
And you, the answers are not readily available. It's not like, oh, let me go refer to, you know, chapter seven of the manual and see yeah. what we do. No, yeah. <laughs> COVID-19, there is no, oh, that part of it's not in the manual. What do we do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, so what about key habits, any key habits that our young leaders would want to steal from you, Doug? I think um, key habits. I mean, I think one of the, the things is, one of the things you mentioned was that to be able to have a conversation. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think regardless, whether in person, whether on Zoom, whether on Teams, what you got to have this, this habit of speaking to people, yeah. people that you don't know. And, and again, it's like the recording, right? Like it's, it's uncomfortable, but you need to be able to make people feel comfortable, mm-hmm. right? Because if you don't have this, and I, and I call it a habit because, you know, it, it's not always easy for some people. It may be easy that you're, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're outgoing. you you like saying you like meeting new people, but not everybody does. Right. Right. Yeah. Not everybody does. Yeah. Um, so that, that's one, one, uh, one habit you you gotta be forced in in a way you have to go you may have to go against your your own nature right depending on your on your personality and and force yourself a little bit yeah it gets easier Mm -hmm. um i i think the other key habit is uh taking action uh i can't tell you how important that is uh Imperfect action, like I said earlier, imperfect action is so much better than taking no action. Yeah. Right? Don't let your fear paralyze you. Just do it. It's it was awful. Move okay. Yeah. Move forward. Next time will be better. Yeah. Next time will be better. And and next time it is always better. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing as well about that imperfect action, I know when we got when we got into the pandemic, I remember there was a period of time where there was a, you know, should we take this action or that action? And in the end, you know, made a decision and, and we felt like, uh, now we, we acted and, and we, and, and I felt like, Hey, it wasn't in hindsight, it wasn't what I wanted or it wasn't, wasn't the way we wanted to do it. And then there's the opportunity to take another action. Hey, we didn't handle that that well, you know, and Hey, we're sorry. And, and let's, let's go, you know, let's go make another plan. You know, let's let's move on. And and that's the, yeah. the other thing that Ashton has it. It's like, okay, assessing, okay, let's let's move from there. You know, I, I know Govin, one of our, our, our great alumni, uh, you know, he says, make it bad, make it better, you know, but make it bad, yeah. you know, because because then you can you can actually see it in the world. How's it working? No, exactly. And and I think uh that that's why because even though you think you're gonna create something perfect, yeah. The reality is that it may not be perfect, right? Like no. you put something out there and it's going to be, people may not like it. People yeah. will say, this doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. So it, it doesn't matter. People don't know that it's imperfect. Uh, some people may like it. Some yeah. people, it may resonate with some people the yeah. way it is. So it th- that's why I think it's a big, the biggest thing is a mindset issue, right? It's always a mindset, the fear to knock on doors, the fear to record videos, the fear to take action, to make posts and all these things, they impact uh, your personal and professional growth and they'll impact, you know, your, your ability to earn income for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Doug, this has been, this has been fantastic. Uh, really, really loved our, our conversation with another leadership guru um, who just loves leadership. I know you do. It's, it's awesome. So <laughs> it's, it's great to, to, to talk about it. Um, any, any 
final sort of things that you'd like to leave your group before my final question? No, I, well, I, I think, you know, right now, especially uh, as, you know, you're becoming leaders, you're becoming, some of you are aspiring leaders, take the lessons uh, where they're given in your failures and your successes. Um, listen to your coaches, listen to them. They, they've seen a lot. They've heard a lot. They can help you to grow. Don't think that you know all that you have all the answers because you don't even, you know, 40 plus years old that I am. I, <laughs> I think now I realize I know even less than I did back when I was 20. <laughs> well, that's the curve. You know, all of a sudden you're becoming more and more aware of all the things you don't know. Right. And yeah, I, I find exactly. the same thing. It just, uh, I get more and more humility as I go along. So, so, you know, so our, to our, to our 20 year old leaders out there, you know, trust the process we're, we're on it, yeah. uh, you know, and, and you'll be on it. So in the sooner, again, you, you really have that humility. What don't I know? What, what am I missing? You know, and just asking that as a, as a kind of a little bit of always, uh, process or, or also coming into every meeting, coming every opportunity, like learning newly, like, okay. I, you know, even if like yeah. for, for some people, maybe I've run this business for now, my third year discovering it newly, you know, going into new meetings, just kind of like it's new. And, and, and yeah. those, those people in life will always do better, you know, stepping in and, and rather than, Oh, I got to figure it out. I've done this before. No, no, no. That's just not what top performers yeah. do. Yeah. So final no, question. For sure. fi yes. Final question, Doug. So when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? Well, when I, when I think about leader of tomorrow, uh, I think, I think it's always someone who is an aspiring leader and wants to, you know, be, be a great, great leader. But to get from, oftentimes to get from where you are to become a great leader, it's a lot of development, uh, personal and professional. That's why you got to take the lessons where, they, where they're at, where you can find them, where you come across them. And, and I think ultimately you will become a leader of tomorrow because that's just the nature of, 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 our, of our world. You will become a leader of tomorrow. It's just a matter of how, what kind of leader will you be? Will you be a good leader or a great leader? And which one do you want to be? Do you want to be a good leader, mediocre leader, or a great leader? Love it. Love it. All right. <laughs> That's great. I want to be a great leader, Doug. So, you know, and, and then it's, then it's doing the work, doing the thinking, you know, willing to fail, willing to have setbacks. Right. And, and knowing that, uh, knowing that it's a, it's a tough road. So, uh, so Doug, I so sure. appreciate you spending time with our leadership team here and all the leaders and uh, you, you have a fantastic day. Thank you very much, Chris. I have enjoyed my time here. Take care, everyone. Okay, continued success. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. 
If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.